passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back in to the Illini Enquirer podcast. And boy, these have been fun and interesting here lately as Illinois has won 11 of its final 12 games with another top 10 road victory, another top 25 road victory. That's three in a row for Illinois to end the season. Only this time, Iodesumu returns. And Iodesumu does what Iodesumu does, closing the game with six of the Illini's last nine points, the final five points, including the go-ahead layup and then a couple more free throws. Illinois defeats Ohio State 73-68. to I'm Jeremy Warner, Illini Enquirer publisher. Joey Wagner, we're both at home today while Derek Piper's on the road in Columbus and uh, you know got, got to see another classic. And, and Derek's you know, been our guy on the road, been able to see these, but even watching these from a TV, Joey, this was the one where I, I just didn't think they were going to pull it out. I Just to take people behind the curtain a little bit, when I'm writing my quick hits, I try to write, write what I think is going to happen so we can post it within just a couple of minutes of, of the game ending. And I had written most of that game that Illinois was going to win um, and kind of had a connection to the 2005 team because Illinois that year um, got a number one seed despite losing its final game and ruining a, you know, a perfect season at that point. And I kind of had something to go back with that. And then all of a sudden I turned it into EJ Liddell, right? Like EJ Liddell again, crushes Illinois and, you know, drives a stake into their heart as, as the one who got away. But they're down four with three minutes left. And I, I think they're going to lose the game because Ohio State was playing well. It was a heavyweight fight. It lived up to all the hype. And I'll let you talk here in a moment. But then... Illinois stops Ohio State 10 straight times. Ohio Iodesumu is a superhero in a mask. And Demonte Williams, of all people, hits another clutch three-pointer. What what a performance. What a win to, to snag that from the jaws of defeat. And what a close to a special regular season that just makes you think maybe this team can win a national title. Maybe this is the team that can win a national title, Joey. Yeah, I mean, I'll go behind the curtain a little bit. It was Frazier hits the three, gets him within one, and you're like, well, all right, you know, maybe you're starting to – they're going to turn this thing on. And then of all the freaking people on the face of the earth to hit a three, it's E.J. Liddell. And it's a four-point game. Frazier misses a three on the other. And this is a little – maybe three and a half minutes left. I was like, man, the way E.J. Liddell's playing. I mean, at that point, he had scored three, six, eight, ten, ten straight points for them. And I – Goodness gracious! Or like ten of twelve. It was ten like, points in. It was ten points in less than four minutes. Right, and it's just like that guy hadn't been much of a factor. I think at that point he had eleven mm-hmm. shots and had nine points. You're like, hey, they're doing a pretty good job, and then he just goes off. 
I and I at that point it's like I don't know who's gonna match up. And then Brad Underwood you know, puts Demonte Williams on him. And, and that has been what Demonte Williams's role has been on this team is that defensive stopper. He's not, you know, he's probably undersized if you're gonna ask him to play the four, but he just finds a way every time. And then Io. I I mean it was I don't know. What do you say about that guy? At this point, it's March 6th of his third year in school. I have no idea what else. Like we talked, like we, you know, we talk about these angles, like, what are we going to take? You know, we try to map it out and it's like, my goodness, we could just have the IO angle after every freaking game. But at some point you're saying the same thing. And this one, Michigan was so impressive because they were without IO and because I still think Michigan is incredibly good. And I don't know why anybody would think otherwise. But then you go here and, you know, you got to kind of merge in this masked hero and you got to, you know, let everything else kind of fall back into a little bit of a place, right? I mean, for three games, they had kind of settled in and gotten some roles and, you know, that was flowing. But obviously you want your guy out there every single second of every game you can have him. But, it does, you know, you figured it out a little bit and it didn't look too bad, but you just had these questions and the four mismatch had been Illinois kryptonite a little bit for a while and you thought oh boy this is like the four mismatch of, of all four mismatches with ej liddell and figure it out man and, and what a special year 10 11 of 12 down the stretch in the big 10 conference they've been on the road since basically the middle of february for the love of god i mean they're, they're, it's just what a stretch for these guys and, and you know it, it's taken me a while Jeremy. like you mentioned the national title it's taken me a while to, to really like see it like you hear them talk about it all the time and i'm like all right well that's a really really hard thing to do but now you see it and yeah. maybe i'm the one who's late to the party i don't know but now you you see it a little bit I, I think we always knew they had that kind of potential to get on a run right like but they hadn't done that run right this season last year we saw that seven game win streak and you're like they got a special player and they got some pieces that illinois you don't want to play them when you get to the ncaa tournament of course we didn't get that ncaa tournament but I think why you're buying it now, Joey, is some of the question marks we had are starting to be answered. And I think the big one is who's the number three guy, right? Io DeSumo and Kofi Coburn. And Kofi didn't have a great night tonight, right? The free throws are a problem for him. He was 0 for 5 tonight. When he misses one or two, it just seems like he's done, right? Like the rest of the game, he's really going to struggle with it. But he still got you 12 points, got some big rebounds down the stretch that probably went a little overlooked. Io's special again, and we'll talk more about his mask. And um, let's just bring it now because Io, you can't even write this stuff. Right, like you can't even like write this stuff up. Of how can he even add to his legacy? Oh, he's gonna get a broken nose. He's gonna suffer a concussion. He's gonna be out three games. They're gonna play well without him. Then he's gonna come back, wear a mask, and still be awesome. And he's gonna wear that the rest of the NCAA tournament. And it's like, what? What more can you write? I mean, he just does it time after time. And I don't know how many games we're at of of him closing them out, but it were double digits and there's no player in Illinois history. Certainly that, that has that claim to fame, but to get back on point, Andre Curbelo is a superstar right now. The the last five games, he scored double digits. Only one of the previous 12 you had. And Adam Miller, isn't that guy right now to go get you 12. He can once in a while, and that's what you saw against Nebraska, and you know he's capable of that, and he plays good defense. Trent Frazier 
showing up at Michigan and being playing his best game ever is an Illini. You know you have another guy that could do that. He hits a three late in this game that I think Illinois was fortunate to keep possession there as they looked to dribble it out of bounds, but he made that three. Um, so I think, and Jacob Grandison has stepped up. Demonte Williams has gotten far better. But for me, Andre Curbelo turning back into the player we saw early in the season, then he hit that proverbial freshman wall. But now he controls games. Like he controls games on a team with Kofi Coburn and Io DeSumo. And when you have three of those guys that, you know, one of them has an off night or one of them has an off six, 10 minute stretch here, you know, you got the other one to pick you up. And not many college basketball teams have that. But Curbelo, now that's your big three. That is your big three. Oh, plus you have Frazier that can go off one night. You have Miller that's playing a good role. Williams playing a good role. Grandison. It's just that it's it's all come together right now. And and they still have questions, whether it's guarding a four like EJ Liddell or making free throws or turnovers. But every team has certain questions like that. And they have fewer questions than all but, what, three other teams uh, in the country. You know, I thought about that, this exact conversation during the game, because for the longest time, you, me, and Piper had sat at the you know, in that little lounge there in the crush lounge at the State Farm Center and asked the same question, who is the number three guy on this team? And and whatever came out of Andre Grabello, it's absolutely him. And I, I really believe this. Like, you know how there's always a team, you know, there's always like that guy who we get him on a national stage. And I, look, I was going to be that guy. I, I don't think like he needs a tournament to be like that household name. Like that is, that, that's, that's so far gone at this point. He, he has been that for a long time, but people are going to turn on back. Oh, let's see what this Illinois team's all about. Like casual fans in the middle of, I don't know, wherever the heck they're watching this thing, not in Illinois. And they're going to see Kerbell and be, what do we got here? Who is this guy? Because he gets wherever he wants. I mean, there, there's no one who is real. I don't, I know Piper mentioned it. I don't know the last time someone stopped him from getting to where he wanted to be on the court. Now he doesn't always finish them, but he gets whatever he wants out there. He is so crafty and his ability to get to the rim is so unmatched for, for someone. He's not the biggest guy. Like there's some team is going to get really, really frustrated that their team is not stopping Andre Corbello in the NCAA tournament. He's just that, that good. And, and it all makes sense. And, and we're probably looking at it now. Like he was just adapting. And the adaption to, to being Io's sidekick was a challenge for him because he's not been that. Like, he's always been the guy. Luhai is loaded. And there's a loaded team that's like, go for it, dude. Do whatever you got to do. So it took him a little bit, and it was bumpy. No one's going to pretend like this has been a perfect season for Andre Corbello. It hasn't. But I don't know that any of that matters because right now, moving forward, he is uh, totally in control. I mean, there were times, Jeremy, like two weeks ago where, like, he's not really playable at this moment in time. Right. Like you've got to get him on the bench. I would say the first half of Michigan state, you're like, Oh, this isn't it. Like he's really struggling. And now you're like, are you good? Do you have enough water? Have you rested? Because we need you back on the floor immediately. If not sooner, it's amazing how quick it turned. There's just few guys I've watched in college basketball. And I'm talking about this with a freshman, right? Like um, he's a little flashier, but like when I watch, Guys like Jalen Brunson or Cassius Winston, right? Not the most physically gifted guys in the world, but they just control the pace of games. They get to places that other players can't. And, and Jalen was a far better shooter than Andre. But there's just this, this maturity about you and the ability to handle the ball, like ball handling. Just there's, if, he, if we're doing 2K ratings, 
He's a 99, right? Like, it's just, he controls the ball so well, and he uses, you know, change of direction and change of pace so well. Uh, and then, you know, I know I referred to Iowa as the one-man fast break 2.0. He's Corbello's one-man fast break 3.0. I mean, he is just a, a special, special talent. And I don't know if he's playing this well if Io DeSumo is healthy. And, and that's kind of... It can be the silver lining of all of this is Andre Curbelo got a ton of confidence because he had to play that role and he loves to play that role. And it carried over in his first game with, with Io DeSumo. And I, I think that's really encouraging. And I, I want to say as well, I think DeMonte Williams carried that over. You saw him be aggressive today. He didn't make a bunch of shots today, but he did take more than he was taken before Io went out. Yeah, let's see. Williams was two of five today. A couple runners that didn't go in, but I like that he took them. Uh, got to the free throw line one time, and then catch and shoot, man. Makes two of three and makes one of the clutchest baskets of the game. So I think that really helped those guys. And, and Trent was never in a rhythm tonight, but he still made a huge three down the stretch. So I think it will pay off. I, I do think we'll look back at that as a silver lining of this season. Yeah, I agree with that. And, and it was hard. Like, it is hard to find a silver lining to not have Io. And it's probably easier for us to sit here and say that because they went 3-0 and without Io. Like, if they're 1-2, and 0-3, and we're, we're not talking. Like, Andre Corbello could still be playing like this. But we're not talking about the silver lining. Like, that would have been, you're down on the two seed, maybe in that. Probably not the three seed. I think the selection committee would have recognized why it was like that. But imagine how maddening it's got to be to try to guard Andre Corbello like he speeds you up and slows you down and it all both of those things happen within like a half a second it's unbelievable the control that he plays with and he sets the tone he does not let somebody tell him he's going to play fast or he's going to play slow he's relaying that message to everybody trying to cover him and then you look at DeMonte at this point there's enough of a body of work I'm flabbergasted when he he is in these catch and shoot opportunity positions because he is going to make those shots. Like he has proven a year ago, I'm nowhere near him. Probably not even on the same half side of the court as him if you're a defender, right? Like shoot it all day. Thank you. Come again. But now he's just knocking him down. And, and that, like we talked about, like it was always a hypothetical for a few. It's like, boy, if DeMonte Williams can give you a five or a seven, <laughs> whoa, well, this offense could be something. Okay, it's here. And this is what it looks like. And, and it's it changes so much when he's able to do that. And I don't even know, Jeremy, if two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, Kofi had a fine night tonight. It was okay. I don't know if they withstand that two and a half weeks ago. I I think they were so reliant in games on their two mega stars, Mm -hmm. pulling them away from these losses. I I just don't think that, and it's all confidence. It is because now these guys know, hey, I've done this. I, I can do this. And Again, I'm not saying Kofi had a bad game, but he did leave some to be desired out there. He started the second half a little rough. He missed some free throws. He had the fourth foul. He probably had the fourth foul sooner than he did. I thought they got pretty lucky that it was given to DeMonte. But, man, to withstand that and Io, Io's Io. And like we, again, it's crazy, dude. We, we talk so much about this, and we're breaking down every point of the game because – it's just like, okay, this is what he does. And I don't know what else screams player of the year All-American. They're just glossing over a little bit. I mean, we're not completely, but like this is just what you expect at this point. And that is insane. Yeah. Um, I, I do want to talk about this too, Joey, because I, I was thinking, you know, 9-0 run, we focus on the scoring, right? And, and Io, you know, attacking the basket, getting to the free throw line, DeMonte making the three. 
Uh, but they just shut down an Ohio State team that was, I think at that point, 9 of 20 from 3. And the last 10 shots didn't go in for Ohio State. And a lot of that was Illinois defense. Did you get lucky on one or two? Maybe. But I, I thought Illinois' defense took it to another level late in that game, especially when Ohio State was was making threes. And uh, here's another point. But they missed 10 straight shots, 7 straight three-pointers in the game. This This coaching staff is making adjustments. And I want to focus on them here for a second, but putting DeMonte there or at Michigan, getting Trent in those ball screens, um, they are making adjustments as this season goes along and as games go along that are, are fantastic. Now you need the players to make it happen, but um, this is a great coaching staff and they have put their players in positions to succeed. And I think they've made the adjustments along the way, whether it's Jacob Grandison in the starting lineup, right? Just putting Andre Corbello and saying, we're going to live or die with you, man, for the next three games without Io. Right? We're still going to bring you off the bench, but we're going to live with it. Or those little in-game things like putting Frazier in those ball screens or putting DeMonte Williams on EJ Liddell, it's working. And the other part is their motivational techniques right now, and we've talked about them before, are working, man. Because when Brad said Luka Garza is the best player in the country, Io took his game to an absolute another level. Right. And then we see, you know, Brad's talking about like Michigan. I think oh that fired that team up for that game. And now Brad's talking like, hey, we should, yeah, we should be Big Ten champions. And, you know, if Michigan loses to Michigan State and goes 14 and three and ends the season that way, I think you have a case for co champions. OK, or at least Michigan's still going to be the champion. But at least Illinois has an argument for it. Right. Of like, hey, we won 16 games. They didn't play a full schedule. Maybe we should get a share of this, too. It's a weird year, right? But he's using that as a carrot. I think he was using the number one seed as a carrot for this team. And I just think he's pushing, and his staff, whether it's Gentry, Antigua, Chin Coleman, they're pushing the right buttons right now. They are. And a lot of that is Brad has had, you know, you only have really two under two freshmen who are playing substantially. So he understands very well what is going to motivate these guys. He has known them for a long, long time. He knows how to push them to that point. And I would almost put money that he had shown those pictures of Michigan cutting down the net and holding up their signs or, or whatever that had to be on a loop somewhere because Brad, like I thought he kind of threw shade, uh, you know, a little bit before the Michigan game. And I, you know, you maybe talked yourself out like, Oh, I don't, you know, I don't know. Maybe he wasn't. Yeah. He threw it tonight. Like (laughs) he threw it tonight. And that I think was a glimpse into what he does behind closed doors only it's obviously i'm sure much more pointed behind closed doors well and he i even mentioned this and this is another part of the team we've talked about before but it's a team that loves to be pushed like these guys signed up to play for brad right or, or if they didn't and they didn't like it they're gone um but all these guys allow brad to be brad to really push them and push their buttons and io said the other day in practice uh, Brad really reamed him out. Like most coaches, or at least us, would be like, "Yeah, I was coming back. Just do your thing, man. You're fine." Brad's reaming him out because he was awful defensively, and he said he told Io, "You're gonna have the shortest comeback. You're gonna play for 30 seconds and come out because you're not playing a lick of defense." And Io thrives off that. Kofi loves that from Brad of pushing him, and it seems like Curbelo's the same way, man. Because you think Curbelo is this fun, carefree guy, uh, but he's a competitor too, and, and Brad seems to have pushed him pretty well too. So um, kudos to them for both sides of, of being able to get the most out of each other. 
You know, I, absolutely. I, I want to go back to the in-game adjustments a little bit. And this is a question to ask Brad here down the stretch. How much of that of that is like these guys are older? Like when they're younger, can you throw these adjustments? I mean, they're, are they overwhelmed to the point where it's like, this is what we told you you were going to do. You know, this is what we're going to have you do. And, and now that, you know, they're a little more comfortable, there's confidence through the roof of this team. I mean, I don't know if you can argue otherwise, just the way that they carry themselves. Does that allow him to – to maybe be a little more freewheeling in some of these adjustments and moving guys around and understanding that, yeah, DeMonte can get EJ Liddell, but someone's got to, you know, back up where DeMonte was. And that comfort, I think, probably allows him to, I don't even want to call it a gamble, but to push the envelope a little bit and to recognize that this is collectively a mature and experienced team that allows some of those moves to be made. This team overcame uh, a bad night at the free throw line yet again. Like, like that, that is one thing I thought tonight was finally the night I had it written in my quick hits. Like it finally cost them, right? That they finally missed their free throws uh, and they finally lost a game uh, because at one point they're 11 of 20, I believe it was, but they make their last four, right? Like they, they step up, they make their last four at the line and, and find a way to win this game. Ohio State had a lot of second chance opportunities. Illinois also got some of those back though. Uh, and Ohio State was getting hot from three. And while Illinois is a pretty good three-point shooting team, like they don't shoot the volume that, that some other teams do. And, but Illinois won the paint, man. They got to the rim. Um, so they overcame some of those little things uh, in, in the game. But uh, this is one of the most Im- impressive weeks of Illinois basketball history, right? When we talk about a regular season, you're without your best player for two road trips, right, to top 25 teams – and a team I might have in my national championship game in my bracket in Michigan, I, I think they're still awesome. I, I think that team is great. And if they beat Michigan State tomorrow, they deserve the Big Ten championship. Um, and they deserve the one seed, and, I, and they are great. You won there without Io DeSumo, and then you follow it up, getting Io back, and there's no like adjustment period. There's no negative impact of that. And you went back-to-back top ten road games it's, it's one of the most impressive weeks. Uh, it's definitely the most impressive week I've covered, Joe, and you've covered, but it's it's one of the most impressive weeks in Illinois basketball history. It is, and it just shows where this program has come. I talked about it today. Like, after this game two years ago, so his freshman year, obviously last year was so weird, it was basically like, all right, well, when are we going home? Like, we're going to go to Chicago for the Big Ten tournament, and, you know, let's be real about things. Probably not going to win that party, and we're going to get out of here. And just how far they've come. And I don't think anything highlights it more than this week of basketball. I mean, this is, you know, ESPN did its best to try to build this as like a battle for a number one seed. That was maybe a little dramatic for my taste, but it wasn't that far off. And no, like, my, my thought on that, Joey, was Illinois, and we'll talk about it here in a second. Like, if Illinois lost, now it's a discussion. Right. Like Ohio State wouldn't have locked up the one seed if they won. Right. 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 And it's just, man, you know, and I wondered, I mean, we talked about it, Jeremy, like, okay, Io's coming back. And, and I had talked to Mike Latulip. I talked to Deion Thomas. And you and I were like, well, Ravante Rice, right? He goes down in 0405, Malcolm Hill and Kendrick Nunn get going. And then they come back and it's just not it. And I asked Deion and I asked Mike, and they're like, it's just not the same. Io's a different player. But in the back of my mind, I think probably in the back of a lot of people's minds, you're like, man, this is good right now for them. Like, 
seems like a pretty good thing. And no one was like, don't play Iowa. That's a, the stupidest thing I've heard my entire yeah, life. I, I never, th- I never thought they'd be better with Iowa. Not no, of course. Right? Like, that's ridiculous. But you did wonder some of those little smaller pieces. And I didn't think it was going to linger for long. I thought by the time they got to the tournament, if there were any hiccups, those were going to be solved from this game. And then however many games they play in the big 10 tournament. But I mean, that existed. And then, you know, within the first, like, 10 minutes of this game, Iowa gets his mid-range shot. And like, okay, well, that's over. Like, this is they're just better. Yeah, it was kind of <laughs> like, you know, he he got out-rebounded a couple times. And then he passed up a three, right, when there was, like, uh, the the clock was winding down the shot clock. And he, he just threw it to Curbelo. Uh, and it's like, what's he going to do with that? Shoot the ball. You're Iowa DeSumo. Uh, but then he made a couple jumpers. And it was like, okay, yeah, he, yep. he, he's fine. <laughs> he's fine. All right, Joe, when we come back, let's talk about the one seed, if that is all locked up. Let's talk about um, the Big Ten tournament, the start of the postseason. It is finally here, and it'll all be very close to us, though most of us can't attend in Indianapolis. And I do want to mention why Illinois fans might be upset with us uh, come Sunday morning. We'll talk about that coming up next. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The hit Paramount Plus original docuseries returns. The last time I saw Max, he looked at us laughing, and then everything changed in a blink of an eye. My feeling as a detective is that he was murdered. Yahoo Entertainment calls it a spine-chilling docuseries, showcasing real-life tragedies. What if it was your child who went missing? We need to know the truth. Never seen again. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. All right, let's get that out of the way. Why Illinois fans will be upset about us, um, Joey, because Bob Osmerson of the News Gazette, and I'm thankful for Bob for asking us, he he asked all of us, uh, I think in the Illinois media, who will win the Big Ten tournament. And most Illini fans will want the media covering their team to pick Illinois, but you and I are haters, and we did not pick <laughs> Illinois, neither of us. I don't know if Piper had a pick here, I'll have to text him afterwards, Um but like I think Illinois can win this thing, and it looks dumber after winning <laughs> Michigan and Ohio State. But I did fill this out before today's game. I went with Iowa. Okay, I went with Iowa because I think it means the most to them. They had they they didn't win a Big Ten title. They didn't. They're not going to have a number one seed. Uh, maybe they could put themselves like right on the top of the two line if they win this thing. But I think to them, this is going to mean a lot if they win a Big Ten championship. Not that it won't for Illinois. Not that it won't for Michigan. But Illinois and Michigan are thinking national championship, man. Like that—that that is what they're thinking. They're thinking, what do we need to do to put ourselves in the best situation? And you know, winning a Big Ten tournament doesn't hurt. But but I picked Iowa, and you picked—I picked Michigan, and <laughs> I know that is going to go over very very poorly yes. by a lot of people. And and I will say this: I've been getting very frustrated with the way that that game on Tuesday has been presented, like. Oh, it's just an off night for Michigan and Michigan's still Michigan. That is true. Like it was an off night for Michigan and Michigan is still really good, but Illinois has a lot to do with that being an off night for Michigan. Like for people just to throw their arms up and be like, yeah, I don't know. You know, everyone has a clunker like that. 
Illinois did a lot to to make that a clunker for Michigan, and that shouldn't be overlooked. I think Kofi Coburn did a lot to Hunter Dickinson to make it like that, and, and Trent Frazier did a lot to Mike Smith. I think that's a tough matchup for, for Michigan. Yeah, and it's a two-man they, – they made it a two-man game, and they basically said our two men, Trent and Kofi, are better than Dickinson and Mike Smith. And that's – and, of course, Illinois did very, very well defending the wings. But I still think Michigan's really good. And I don't think I'm a fool for thinking the Big Ten regular season champion can win the Big Ten tournament. That seems very rational to me. But I also filled that out before this game. (laughs) I thought about texting Bob like, hey, dude, I might – can I amend that? Has it gone to print? Like, what are we doing here? But I'll stand by it. I think Michigan's really good. And that's not saying Illinois is not. Illinois very much is. And I think think Iowa is starting to play a little defense. Right. Yeah. I think they're better than the Iowa team that, that Illinois played the first time around. And I can't wait for that matchup. And me personally, as somebody who covers Illinois and wants to cover a Big Ten championship game, I'd love to see Illinois back in the Big Ten championship game for the first time since I think the I think there were the 11 seed back in. Chester Frazier's junior year when they made a run and Brian Butch in Wisconsin beat him up. But like, I, I just think there are other good teams in the Big Ten too. And uh, yeah, I, I'm not. Af- I'm not afraid to get the flack from the Illini fans, though. I'm not either. And look, dude, that is a tall order to play Iowa on Saturday, and if you win that, you play Michigan probably on Sunday. That is tough. Now, of course, we just <laughs> went on this long big thing about what they did this week, yeah. and and I'm sure Sunday I'm going to look like a fool for doing this. But that's what's fun about this, man. It's not like it's Tuesday and you're like. I don't know. Should you book the hotel for Thursday? What's the situation here? No, we are talking about can they win this? And that is a long way from two years ago. And we are just giving Brad Underwood proper motivation, right? Like he's, he said he probably doesn't read the paper. I don't know. He might still get it, but someone does. <laughs> someone they'll they'll show it. And uh, everyone, all these other homers in the media will have picked Illinois. And I, we've you know, I thought that's like, man, I can't wait for this to come out just to see if somebody else is going to be hanging out with us on this block or no. if we're going to be the only, the only out of towners here. No, you, you and I are going to be the only two haters in this whole thing. Right. <laughs> like, and, and I wrote, like, I, I'm, I'm going to pick Illinois to the final four, by the way. Like I, I am, uh, I just think the way this is setting up, the dynamics of their game and what I look for when I fill out a final four Joey is who's top 10 defensively in Kempom and who is you know top 15 and, and who's top 20 offensively because I need I need a team that can do both and they're doing both and while they had bad defensive stretches today they played pretty dang good offense and then had a great defensive stretch to end it um so they enter this postseason with the highest expectations in 16 years. And while there are really, really tough teams ahead, they're setting themselves up for the easiest possible path, I think. Because I think one great thing, Joey, about being a one seed in the Big Ten is you're going to avoid a two seed from the Big Ten. You're not going to have Iowa. You're not going to have Ohio State, who I think is a tough matchup for Illinois. Um, You're not going to have those two teams in your way. And those would be two of the top teams I'd be scared of. Like Florida State, I wouldn't want them in my bracket. Um, I wouldn't want West Virginia in my bracket. So those are two teams I'm, I'm looking out for. But like you, your odds just so much increase when, when you get that one seed, especially first round, should be fine. Right, should be fine. It's only not been fine once in history. Uh, and then an 8-9 game, Man, Illinois, that's like an easy game on their Big Ten schedule, right? Like that's like playing Indiana for most teams, and and they find a way to win those. So um, 
Count me in. I'm not buying them in the Big Ten tournament, but I'm counting them in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I am too. And also they have a guy who is literally like created in a lab for moments like this. Like this is what, like, I think if you're an Illinois fan or even us, like dude, this is fun to watch, right? It's fun to cover, fun basketball. <laughs> it's a good time. That was the thing. It's like, man, until July 31st, we're like, I never got the tournament moment. And that was like, shoot. And I think any, you know, you put your chips on the table and like, ah, that's the guy. Like if you look around college basketball, that's the guy. So you, you put in the path of, of a number one seed and what that could look like. And I agree with you. I, I would say if them do a final four is a very reasonable bet. And then you just put on the fact that I would assume it exists in an Illinois Jersey. I'm like, well, that, that seems like uh, if, if I were going to gamble on something, it would be like, yeah, the, the, that, that, that's a good, good odd. What would have to be the odds? Like, and I'm, I'm terrible at this. Uh, just, I don't gamble. I hate, you know, losing money. Um, so like to make the sweet 16, like to me, mid January, that was a question. I don't question that very much right now. Like I, I just, I, I don't see that with this team right now. And, and maybe you get a bad matchup, right? And it can happen. We saw against Michigan state. That was a bad matchup for Illinois. They played poorly uh, and it cost them. Uh, so it still can happen, but I would, would you give up a hundred dollars to win 10? I think that's a good bet. Like I like for the first weeks, I, I would put that kind of money down uh, for that elite eight, obviously a little less. Cause it's a, it's a four matchup or a five matchup and then it, it gets harder, but uh, I would buy that. But by the way, Brad Evans, who's my go-to um, I asked him, I haven't seen your Twitter cause we're doing post game. He said, do you think that locks up a one C for Illinois? He said, it's done. It's over indisputable. And I just had this thought, Joey, of a week from Sunday. So if people are listening to this on Sunday, a week from that day, you will finally see Illinois on selection Sunday, hear their name come off. But it's not like getting in as a seven or just sneaking in as an 11 or a 10 seed. After eight years of not playing in an NCAA tournament, they're a one seed. Crazy. Right. That's crazy. And, and to build off a, a little bit of what you talked about, I was on the radio with Jim Matson in Peoria last week and sweet 16 feels like the floor to me. I mean, I, like you said, you can get upset in the first or second, but that feels like the floor. So this team since 2013 hasn't been in the NCAA tournament. You hear the name called, it's going to be a one seed and you could probably book some plans for two weekends to see them in the sweet 16. And what? Like, that's crazy. That, that's where it is, and, and that's... Just because we kind of missed this step. We missed the step of last year. So that, that's yes. what makes this... Yeah. Like, you missed the step of getting in and getting in comfortably. It's kind of like, hey, Illinois is back. They, they get to... Uh, they win an NCAA tournament game, right? Like, that's the first step. And maybe they get an upset to get to the Sweet 16. Um, but then it's like, okay, that's the step. Like, Darren and D and all them took that step. And then the next year was just... That's the national championship team. It was this buildup. And, and I know it's been a buildup, but in the NCAA tournament in the postseason, it hasn't been. Like, Io DeSumo has not played a postseason game at Illinois, right? You freshman, I mean, Big Ten tournament freshman well, year, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean Big Ten tournament uh, freshman year, but that's it. Yeah, n- nothing else. And that's, like, it's we talk so much about Io. It's like, he's done X, he's done Y, he's done Z, he did X again, he did Y again. And then you're like, oh, my God. The, the most obvious thing here, short of beating Missouri, is – Playing the NCAA tournament. He well, now now he's got to come back for a senior year and beat Missouri. <laughs> I mean, but seriously, how, that's 
Like he just, again, it's a lot of it's who he is and the player he is and his personality in those moments that it just feels like a given that he should have been in the NCAA tournament. And frankly, I mean, you look at it two ways. One, he gets in and he gets that step last year and there's no COVID and it happens and he probably goes pro and you don't get this. But, you know, it, it all kind of ended up working out. He's going to dance, but isn't that crazy? I, I mean, that is Trent Frazier, never. Demonte Williams, never. That is, it's unbelievable when you look at where Illinois is today. And I, I thought you nailed it. Like there, there wasn't, We've seen it building because we see every game this team plays and fans see it building. But there are going to be a lot of people in like Utah who are like, (laughs) I don't think there are a lot of people in Utah, by the way. Six (laughs) six people in Utah are going to see this and be like, where did this team come from? And that like, it's just, I mean, what's the last, what's the last Illinois basketball memory of someone that's like a, a lukewarm Florida basketball fan? There's got to be Darren D, right? I mean, like, right. like, do they remember, um, like Malcolm? Like Malcolm Hill didn't play in an NCAA tournament game. Do they remember Brandon Paul? Like, is is that's probably not even on their radar? No, it's like that is. When, again, I, like we take for granted existing in this bubble. That's like okay, everybody ought to know this because, like, one, it's a huge part of our daily lives. But two, like, it's just so used to, like, this being the topic of conversation all the way around. But, like, I don't remember some of these Florida teams. I, I don't remember some of the – like, my last – the last Florida team, it's my guy Joakim Dancing. Oh, Bra- Bradley Beal was pretty good. I remember some of his teams yeah, were pretty good. Yeah, that's – I mean, fair. Got but to the like, Elite Eight a lot, yeah. It's crazy to understand that Illinois is also that to a lot of people. And, and again, it's because we live in the state and we cover it and we're, we're all over it. But, like – there, there are going to be people who see Illinois. I promise you, next selection sun, on Selection Sunday, somebody's going to be like five beers in and be like, how are they a number one seed? Where have they been? Well, they've been trying to do this, but COVID ruined it. But I think like now they are on the radars of those people, and now they're like one of the teams people want to watch because one, um, Io DeSumo, and then once they tune in to see Io and Kofi, they see this kid, Curbelo, that's, that's pretty dang good. And they're like, oh, yeah, that Brad Underwood, he was at – Stephen F. Austin, right, and crushed that conference. What was he, fifty-three and one there, and uh, which his conference record as a coach is unbelievable, by the way. Um, but it's it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. Twenty-nine and eleven, the last two years in the Big Ten for Brad Underwood. What an accomplishment! And and Io stuck up for him. That was really cool to hear. I Io really saying like, how was my coach not in the National Coach of the Year? honors and you know for ohio state uh i want to talk about the other side of that they got to play on thursday of, of the big 10 tournament a team that had a number one seed just two weeks ago now is the five seed they're going to be a top 10 team in the country and they're a five seed in the big 10 tournament because purdue is playing lights out right now nobody's talking about it but they're, they're a four seed in the ncaa tournament they're a four seed in the big 10 tournament uh and then you got michigan one of the best teams in the country and iowa one of the best teams in the country and uh one of the deepest conferences but uh that that's a that's a tough fall for ohio state and i i think that might have been them coming back because that's a that's a really good team but they don't have garza they they don't have a hunter dickinson like liddell is really really good but they just don't have as much depth and they have a few holes on their team like cj walker's a nice player but he's just not the lead guard you need and and, and their center situation could just be exploited by a guy like kofi coburn or hunter dickinson yeah it's that was always my question with Ohio State. And, like, 
that, that's why I think Chris Holtman has a very loud voice in Big Ten Coach of the Year because they are such a sum of their parts team. And, like, EJ is going to be a, a first-team All-American at some point in his career, as early as probably next season. He's so good. Like, He's so good. He's so fun to watch. There's so much. Look, I have not complained about Dick Vitale. But he, <laughs> quickly, he, like, played this, like, EJ – was like scorned by Illinois and he like that was like there was a brief segment where he's like you gotta feel good to get your home team it's like dude they tried like this isn't one of those where they just turned their back to EJ Liddell they tried well and apparently like, apparently Brad Underwood didn't try hard enough to get that relationship because it's still developing apparently well I think that's the only thing someone clued Dick Vitale on today then because he was leaning on the but yeah I mean he did call Andre Corbello an all-American oh my god I, I mean, I, he's playing. He's played like one in the last five games or so, but I don't know. Andre's quite an all-American. Like he's going to be, I think, Andre All Big Ten next year. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in on that train. Uh, maybe so someday he can be an all-American. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's so okay. Can we talk about IO too? <laughs> like, we, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm, let me just like it's the year 2040. Okay, like people are looking at pictures. Is this like Illinois is still going? It's an empty gym. And this dude whose jerseys is hanging in the rafters is wearing a freaking black mask, loading like leading this team. But like I, I don't think a lot of people understand like that is tough to put a mask on and to just like play like you don't have it on. Like he didn't miss a beat. It's not like his shot was off. It's not like any of that. He just puts this superhero mask on and, and just goes off and like that's going to be a really weird picture in 20 years for somebody to look at and remember how strange all of this was. But I don't know how, I mean, I want to talk about it. I don't know what else to say. Hold on, hold on. Well, let me do this. No one cared who I was till I put on the mask. If I pull that off, will you die? It would be extremely painful. You're a big guy. For you. Oh, I love it. Love it. I know everyone's throwing out like Batman. I'm like, no, that's not it. And and Bane's not true because it's not over his mouth. But like, it was more Lone Ranger. And and for me, I just remember LeBron. LeBron with that yeah. mask. And that's what he said. He was inspired by that. He, he went to black. I think he liked the way it looked a little bit more than the clear mask. And I would agree with that. I think it's a little bit more uh, in, intimidating. Um, but the, the superhero name. And uh, hey, Rob McCauley, I'll give him this. That was, that was a fun question. And we got a good answer out of DeMonte Williams, which is very difficult uh to do but call him mamba dose that's his superhero name so i don't know how you felt about that one i loved it i mean give the shout out to kobe he called himself i think he actually like before the mass was like g mamba or something like kobe bryant is a big part of io Desumi's basketball upbringing and all he does is throws on the mask relishes the late moments i mean i don't know man it's, you just can't unlikely. write a better story than io Desumi. Like you can't, um, and I, I'm going to write it this week. I feel confident writing it this week. That's the best regular season we've ever seen. It's a, it's the best regular season we've ever seen. I asked Kent Brown, who is the Illinois sports information director, and he said with the clutch performances of of the numbers he's putting up, that's certainly the case. And then I went to Lauren Tate, and just that, you know who else do you ask but Lauren Tate? And he was basically like, yeah, no question, no no question, because like Kendall Gill, his senior season put up numbers similar to Io, but they were 11 and seven, I believe in, in the big 10, they lost in the first round of the NCAA tournament. So Io still has you know, things to accomplish. D Brown 
had one of the best seasons, had some of the best awards Illinois ever had, consensus first team All-American, was Big Ten Player of the Year, and that was the best, you know, the you know, you can argue best or, you know, them are 89 for the best team ever, but they were the most accomplished team ever. 37 and two got to the national championship game, but he was part of a, a, a three headed monster. Right. And I know Kofi is awesome and they are not nearly as good without Kofi, but just one player, like one season, um, it's going to be hard for anyone to top what Iowa is doing right now. It is. I mean, the numbers he's putting up, what he, he was 20.86 assists, five rebounds, something like that off the top of my head. I, I know it's out there, but that's crazy. And he's also a, a average, above average, I would say, defender. So you put all of this together and then the clutch moments. And again, we talked before when you know, the National Player of the Year award was really, really hot. It, it's cooled off a little bit because he missed three games, at least nationally. It's cooled off. I think the argument is still very much fair, warranted, and valid. But you put those clutch moments in all of these games where it's like he's just broken everybody. Like He has legitimately broken. There might be a parade after Indianapolis of these Big Ten coaches like just ushering him out of the Big Ten forever. They never want to see this guy again. Yeah. He has been a complete nightmare for all of them. And then, look, I know we're talking about one year, and it is. It's got to be up there for one of the greatest. But I zoom out and look at the backdrop of what this was and what this program was before he got here and how big of a win it was for Brad Underwood to get him at that Nike store, to hold him off from Wake Forest, to bring him here. And for him to take the leap, not every 17, 18-year-old kid is looking at that challenge and being like, I'm going to be the one to do that. I mean, that is – First of all, we should have known then, like, this kid is going to be something else for him to, like, walk into that yeah, and well, embrace it. And the thing is, um, you know, Io didn't have Kansas and Kentucky banging down his door, so that certainly helped, right? right. Like, that certainly helped. And he knew he would be good. He didn't think he'd be this good. And that, that's credit to him, to his family. His father's been a big part of that, to the Illinois staff. Uh, but that, he's just special. He's just – there's they don't make him like him – and you probably don't get Andre Corbello without him. You, you don't get Adam Miller uh, without, you know, Io showing him that he could do it there. And I, I've been talking a little bit, and I, I'm going to shout out my brother for a second straight time here. But I, I've been talking about this for a while. Like, that's this is the blueprint of, of how you build, a, you know, a team and a program that contends for Big Ten titles and national titles year after year. Look at Gonzaga. Look at Baylor. Look at Michigan, Right. Yes, you have some great talent there, but these aren't the five-star laden teams with one and dones. It's old teams with a couple real like you got to have top fifty guys. Gonzaga certainly has them. Baylor's you know got some. Um, Michigan certainly has them, but they're old, talented teams, and they stick around. And then you build upon that. So if you could get like you know a bunch of top thirty to hundred guys the right pieces together, then add one or two really, really good ones like Michigan did with, with Hunter Dickinson or Gonzaga did with Jalen Suggs. That's the model, man. Uh, that, that's why we're talking about those four teams, even in Iowa or, or even Ohio State right now, is teams that can make deep runs compared to right now Duke and North Carolina are duking it out just to get into the tournament. Yeah, yeah, yucky game, by the <laughs> way. Uh -huh. Yeah, I mean, I, there is a sweet spot. Like, everybody wants the number one rated kid in the class. They should. He's number one rated for, like, what Zion did at Duke that year yeah. was freaking incredible. Like, it was brand. It was 
people packing in. It was butts in the seat. It was NCAA tournament. And there is, I mean, look, we saw Kentucky do it. We've seen it once. done. Well, they won a championship um, once, but we, they get to can, final fours a lot, right? Yeah, Elite eights we, a lot. We've seen them have some, but like the sweet spot to me is those 30 to 100. Hey, should I make the leap after my freshman year? Yeah, why don't you give this a run for your sophomore year and continuing the pipeline there? And a little bit, unfortunately, for Iowa, I mean, obviously there's a paycheck waiting for him in the NBA, but a pandemic put him into a third year. You know who's a great it, example of this is Villanova. Look, look what they do year after they're, they're in the top three seed every yep. year. They win a couple championships. They did lose a couple guys a year or two early, but every year they're just an old team with guys who are talented, but not a bunch of one and done. You talked about, you know, maybe they don't get Curbelo if, if Iowa doesn't show up. Maybe there, there's such a universe where we are covering a not very fun basketball team. And like, so that maybe they don't get Adam, maybe they don't get Curbelo. Go back to that Florida Atlantic game. If Io's not on the floor and you're Kofi sitting there, outside of the, like, and we shouldn't understate the relationships the coaching staff builds in these recruitments. But if you're sitting there in that Florida, like the piece for Kofi was like, I saw what they had. I knew what I do. And I know what we could be. Like that was a selling point to him. If Io's not on the floor, what is your selling point on the floor? Like there's a such a crazy universe, not far away. You know what that universe is? It's Trent Frazier is a top five scorer all time at Illinois, not making an NCAA tournament, just like Malcolm Hill. Right? Like that, that's 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 where it would have gone. Instead, Trent, yeah, he's gonna finish top twenty in scoring all time, but he's gonna be known for these two last teams and this one being a big piece of this last team and being a winner. Like that that's that's maybe if Io doesn't come here. I mean, they get other players, but no yeah. one as good as him. Yeah, and like we shouldn't. I mean, it, now that I sit here and think all of this through, like kind of underselling Brad and the coaching staff's yeah. recruiting ability. Like if they don't get Io, it's like oh my god, the world's on fire. But I mean, you have Andres Felice for a couple of years, but yeah. he would have been you, like your second best player, right? You just can't understate how important that building. And that's what I think is. Obviously, everybody loves Io, and his game is so good, and his moments are so captivating. But I think a lot of people in their heart of hearts realize how close it was to not being this and how big of a piece he is just by showing up, it turned into being this. And it's what's going to make him – like, it just adds to this legacy of his, and this was such a downtrodden program, and his presence alone and his incredible manic work ethic helped him get better, helped the team get better. And now, like, someone asked Brad, like, you're going to, you could be in Indianapolis for a month, like a month. Bring it. Yeah. Well, here, let's, let's look at the projected Big Ten tournament um, standings here. And I think you got to like the way right now that the projected would be. Illinois is going to be the two seed. Um, Iowa is number three and Purdue is four. Maybe those can, I don't think they can flip. Uh, if Iowa loses, let me do my quick math here. Um, yeah, Iowa could flip. So if I, you were rooting for Wisconsin tomorrow because I think you'd rather play Purdue than Iowa, right, on their side of the bracket. Yeah, that was, would that put Iowa then up in the – Yes, that would make them a four seed. So uh-huh. you're rooting for you're rooting for Wisconsin tomorrow, but I don't, I don't like their chances. Uh, I got to call back. Yeah, for that one. Um, if Michigan State wins – then Maryland would go to the eight because right now, if 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 it goes chalk tomorrow on Sunday, it'd be Rutgers and in Indiana in that seven ten game. And I think that's even though Rutgers beat you, they are not playing well. 
They're they're not playing well. They're not very good offensively. Um, so those are two teams I think you match up very well with. You'd have Wisconsin, Purdue, Penn State, and Nebraska on the other side. Uh, I think Iowa is a team you want to avoid if you can on, on Saturday. But if you have them, I'd love it because it's such a good matchup and, and such a great rivalry. But the bracket really works in your favor. I think regardless because you know Indiana, Maryland. I, Maryland does some things that. I think it hurt Illinois early in the season, and they got some big players. You know, Dante Scott's a tough matchup. You know, they got big guards, but I just think Illinois is a different team. So maybe they can they can upset you. I'd rather play Rutgers than Maryland, uh, and I'm not worried about India Indiana right now because they just can't score. Look, either Rutgers or Maryland is more of the ultimate Brad Underwood prodding fodder for this team, right? Like both these teams won, they beat you, maybe cost you a Big Ten championship. Yep. Yeah, good night. I don't think either one of those two. A, Illinois is just objectively better. And, I mean, especially where they're at now. But then you just put that wrinkle of who Brad Underwood's been all year, and it's like, I I, I don't think there's really a – until Illinois gets to Saturday, I don't know that anything is very concerning. Any way this thing breaks apart is very concerning for them. And even, Saturday and even if it does, are you, like, concerned? Like, even if you lost to, say, Maryland – on Friday night. It's a bummer, right? You don't have this fun run. You don't get a little bit more national attention. It doesn't change how I'd feel about this team. No, my God, no. No, it's, it's it's what it is at that point, right? Like, I don't think – we've seen teams bump out early in the in the conference tournaments and go on these ridiculous runs. Like, it's not – these two things exist in separate – area i mean you can do one and not do the other or vice versa i think tom has said he prefers not to stick around in the in the big 10 tournament just get to the NCAA tournament uh last thing we're going long here but there's so much to talk about um how many coaches in the big 10 are out of a job by next week okay so i think minnesota is, Clearly. is one. indiana Mike, dude, that is a costly endeavor to move Archie out of that spot. That is a very expensive order. 33 and 44 in Big Ten. But the hard part with them is, I mean, that is very costly, Joey, right? I think you're right. And I, I tend to think he might get another year. Plus, who are you able to hire? Like, that's that's a, always a big question. Like, if you can if you can get John Calipari or Scott Drew, sure, right? Like, if 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 – they're ready to move on. Like Kentucky and Cal just say, hey, this is a great run. We're moving on. Cal doesn't get an NBA job. Maybe just goes, I'm going to turn around Indiana. That, that's how I'm going to finish this thing. Or if Scott Drew is just like, I'm going to return to my home state. You know, this is the best Baylor team I'm ever going to have. And let's go, let's go rebuild that. Like, let's go on to the next step after two decades uh, at Baylor. But outside of those two, like, you're going to go in and, and get some, you know, A-10 coach or, you know, some assistant coach and, and think you're going to turn around. I don't I don't know. Like, I think he'll get one more year, but like, they're not recruiting well. They got one top, you know, 70 or top 80 guy coming in next year. Christian Lander should be better next year, but, you know, Trace Jackson Davis, if he comes back, maybe that's a tournament team, but I don't see that as a top five Big Ten team next year. No. And, you know, I think I read, is it like 10 million, 10 and a half million for them to get rid of him? Now, someone's going to hire Archie Miller too. So like it, it's the old lovey at Illinois thing where you're not going to have probably by the all told, you're not going to have to pay that full 10. And there's some, probably some deep, deep pocketed booster who would, who would help offset some of that because I'm sure they're frustrated. 
But do you try to just revamp the assistant coaches? I mean, this is clearly an X and O issue, but I don't know who scores. I think it's it's a talent. A guard play is terrible. Like, or just, I mean, they got some talent there. Like Lander is a very talented. He's just, he's way too young, right? Like he's 17 coming into this year and should be a high school senior, but they just don't have guards who can go make plays. Like I like Race Thompson. I like Trace Jackson Davis. They got some toughness there and they defend but they just can't score with, with Big Ten teams, and it's a big part of basketball. You know, we uh, quickest we saw today, like, that game was so offensively miserable to watch, Purdue-Indiana. And, like, then in the same conference, you get Illinois-Ohio State. That looks so much better. It's great. Like, the offensive – the gap in offenses yeah. in this league is silly. Like, it was bad. Anyway – Well, you think, you think about, it, like, Wisconsin – they have these bad stretches, Rutgers, Michigan State, Indiana. Like, those teams are pretty dang good defensively. But it's they can't get to that next level offensively. Like, even, even Purdue, I think, is a really good team. They just got good big man play, right? And their guards have played pretty well here. But they're not to the caliber of, you know, the top three teams in this league. And I think, I think Ohio State's got a higher ceiling than Purdue, even if Purdue maybe has a higher floor. I will say Zach Eady is going to get a lot of national love here in the next week. He's seven foot forever and people love tall people. So Penn state, I don't know if it's the worst thing to bring him, bring him back, you know, just give, take off the interim tag. They got, they're going to hire some East coast coach, right? Some a 10 guy. Yeah. Maybe you you can't, I don't think you can stick with another interim, but they, do they care? (laughs) I don't know. I, I don't know. And then, so then, the, the big question mark to me is Wisconsin. I don't think anything, no. but I could make an argument for it. I just don't know how much water you can continue to tread before you want to make some headway. The thing is, he's been really good. Like he's, he had one bad I know, year. He's, I know. It would be a, it'd really be a, good. Like Wisconsin, I think the last three years still has the best Big Ten record. Like, or there are two or three in that list. I have questions about their future, though. Yes, I, just, I agree. I have, I have a lot of questions about – what this next step for that program is. Maybe they don't address that right now in a pandemic year. And that's the other thing. Like, I agree with you on that. I want, I want, I want to say, I agree with you. Like, I think it finally, and every time we say this, they don't, but I think it finally might be time where Wisconsin's not a top five team in the big 10. Like they don't do it every year. Cause I mean, this team was pretty talented, right. And it's old and they went 10 and 10. Um, so I just think that's a next year question for them, not a this year. Yeah, that's but fair. I, I think the bigger question, would Northwestern actually do it? <laughs> yeah. I I don't think they will. Like, I think they should talk to Porter Moser, but is that a big change? You're probably going to recruit the same kind of guys, right? So I, I think they'll probably stick with Chris Collins because they're going to have a team next year. I could see Northwestern next year winning eight or nine games, right? Because they're going to be old. They're all coming back. They're scrappy, but like, is that, I thought you would try to be better than that. You would think that Northwestern's, I mean, I don't, I just feel like, boy, has anyone got as many miles out of making the tournament once? Right. I mean, like they love it. And it was four years yeah, ago. It was Nathan Taphorn, man. Brad, uh-huh. Brad Underwood was hired the day they almost beat Gonzaga to get to the sweet 16. What a day. Good, good call on that. Wow. I, I rarely remember these things, but that day was a big day, and I do remember that. So you know, a fantasy baseball draft at the time. We talked in football, and it was a lovey question. Like, well, money's tight. It's a pandemic. I mean, that hasn't changed, right? So, like, how much can teams really – and I don't know the buyouts of, of – 
I know Archie because I read it today, and I know it's really high. But that has to play at least some level of a factor, and, and maybe it's not as high for some of these guys, and maybe I'm over, you know, guessing. But I can get to see a couple shakeups. I mean, obviously, I, I think Minnesota just feels pretty like the report's coming out. It's like, geez, you're gonna go to Indianapolis, huh? Yeah. Uh, but you know, what what do you do from there? I don't know. The Penn State's interesting. I could make an argument to keep him. Like you said, I could make an argument to pull somebody from the East Coast and. Go from there. And I think Maryland fans still want Turgeon gone. So even though this was probably one of his more <laughs> impressive coaching jobs because it wasn't very, uh, very talented team. All right, Joey Wagner, let's go. Let's wrap it up. Uh, we're about an hour here. I know you're uh, working on a story about Illinois getting ready for the postseason. And boy, do they look ready for the postseason, winning 11 of their last 12. Derek Piper writing about that masked man, Io DeSumo, looking uh, the same as always. Uh, so he's out in Columbus and uh, Io's family was out there. So we might hear from them cool, as well. I got my player grades and might write about what Brad Underwood and his team saying they have a chance. Uh, they should win the big 10 championship, which I think Joey, just to wrap it up, I think they need Michigan to lose to have a case for that. Yeah, I think so too. And you know, we wondered what it was going to look like after they won, like, Oh boy, like this is going <laughs> to, we, we kicked that problem down the road because we knew people were going to be frustrated after that. Probably understandably so, but yeah, if Michigan loses, I think this gets a little uh, a little storm. But Just imagine but, next week, Joey, we could have a rematch of Illinois-Iowa and potentially a rematch of Illinois-Michigan. Oh. oh, good night, man. Good night. You know, I, yes. before we wrap up, what do you do if you're Brad? In, in the sense of, like, let's say Michigan loses on Sunday. Yeah. What do you do? Do you, like, write a letter to the Big Ten petition? Like, how do you reasonably take these words – and, and, and not look like a joke, right? Like, I, I don't want, like, there, there's the, there's the worry here. Like if, if Michigan goes 15 and two, I think you just got to drop it. Right. Because like, yeah, Michigan probably would have won, you know, at least two of those next three games. Right. Uh, and they, they deserve it. They're a great, great team. But so if they go 15 and two and you you make a big deal out of this and you keep hitting on it, um, I, 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 I think that could look bad for you. Right. Like, but if they go 14 and three and you're 16 and four, like I, I could sit there publicly and make a case for you. And I think, you know, the national pundits could sit there and go, you know, there's a weird year. We don't want to be rewarding trophies to everybody, but they won 16 out of 20 games. Right. And they beat Michigan head to head. Like maybe they should have a co big 10 championship trophy, but I think you're counting on Tom Izzo and, in Michigan State to knock off. Otherwise, I think I think if you fight for it too much, I think you, I think you should be done with it. Like I, I just yeah. think you made your case, you said it today. Now just let it go and go win, go get to the final four. But if you really feel, if they lose and you really feel like it, what is the step to try to get some action? You let somebody else fight that battle. So if you if you want if you want Josh Whitman to do it, have Josh Whitman do it. If you want John Rothstein who's got the, the bat phone or whatever to do it. You have him do it. Um, I, or you have one of us do it, even though I don't, I, I wouldn't do that. Like, but you can make the case right uh, through the media, but I don't know if he's going to call up yeah. Kevin Warren. Well, then what if <laughs> I God, think that's a warm and toasty relationship. Now, what if they end up winning the tournament and then, and they beat Michigan in the process and you beat them twice. And it's like, where does that factor in? I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's the motivation now. Like, maybe that's the motivation, Joey, is we're not – the Big Ten's not giving us a banner for our great regular season, right? And including a pretty 
historic finish to it, right? So let's go get our banner. There you go. Let's go get it. That, that's, that's, you know, you want it in the final four, but you can go win one this weekend. Let's go get our banner. That's, that's probably some, a rallying cry. And some punks picked Iowa and Michigan instead of us. <laughs> There's a rallying cry. <laughs> right. So you can thank us when Illinois wins the Big Ten Championship. All right, Joey Wagner, get to work, man. <laughs> Dang, we went long there, but there's a lot to talk about right now as we get ready for the postseason. How could you not be pumped if you're an Illinois fan after the way this team closed out its season and closed out a great win at Ohio State? All right, stay tuned to IlliniInquire.com for the latest on Illinois. Again, Derek's got something on IO. I'll have player grades, Joey, on something getting ready for the postseason. And we have plenty of content getting you ready for the postseason as well. So stick to Online Inquire for that. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Subscribe to us, rate us, review us wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate when you do that. Everybody have a great rest of the weekend. Enjoy it. I think you are feeling on cloud nine right now about your basketball team. But take care of each other. And we'll talk to you next time on the Online Inquire podcast. CBS Monday. NCIS. Here's where we can see them. NCIS and NCIS Hawaii return with all new cases. Double tap to the chest, one to the head. These guys are professionals. All new criminals. Violent Island, they got here. Walk to paradise. And all new crimes to be solved. If you're watching, these have been arrested. What are the charges? Just one. Murder. New NCIS and NCIS Hawaii. Monday, starting at 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.